Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports here, and I'm doing a little solo review on a film called Burn After Reading. I'm going to give you guys a brief summary uh, of this film, and then give you some information on it. Um, when a disc containing memoirs of a former CIA analyst, a.k.a. John Malkovich, falls into the hands of Linda Litsky, a.k.a. Frances McDormand, and Chad Feldenheimer, a.k.a. Brad Pitt, the two gym employees see a chance to make enough money for her to save for her to have a life-changing cosmetic surgery. Predictably, events whirl out of control for the duo. The duo doofuses um, and and those in their orbit. So it, it, it it's a rated R movie. Uh, it's a comedy and a mystery slash thriller, I guess you can say. But the directors were Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, also produced by them and written by them, and it was released September twelfth, two thousand eight, uh, two thousand eight, <laughs> not eighth, um, and then the release date for streaming was December twenty first, two thousand eight, as well. Um, in the U.S., it grossed sixty point three million dollars, and has a runtime of an hour and thirty five minutes. And the distributor was Focus Features, and the production company was Work. Working title films, um, and uh, this all of this information I'm just kind of going uh, off of Rotten Tomatoes, uh, but the cast and crew here, this is kind of the big, big point of this movie is that it's a loaded cast. I mean there are A-listers left and right, um, but George Clooney plays a character named Harry Pfeiffer, um, and he's a fucking idiot. Uh, he is a idiot, and it's just so funny how George Clooney portrays like just some complete paranoid government, you know, man that's just just kind of a you know, everyone in this movie is a doofus, and you, you you'll understand what I mean by that when you watch it because I completely recommend this. Uh, it's literally just it's an hour and a half of fun, like it's really funny. It's fucked up. It's funny. It's it, you're going to be laughing uh, once the ball drops, and you'll know what I mean by that in a second. I'll talk about the scene that I'm referring to. But yeah, no, George Clooney was really funny in this. I mean, you've probably seen the meme of the guy that has the dildo chair and uh, on Instagram. That's in this movie. George Clooney is funny as shit. He's just some... He's, he's a douchebag who's also incredibly paranoid. And, like, he'll go around talking about how he has a weapon. He's like, oh, I've never fired it, though. I've never actually had to discharge my weapon in the 26 years of service. And, like, he'll just, like, he's a dick. And he'll be like, oh, what, what, what type of floor is this? Is this mahogany? Or is this, you know, what, you know, what do we got? Bamboo? He's just a dick. You know, just an overt walking brochure, if you will. Um, and then moving on to Francis McDormand, who, if you guys don't know who this is, um, I think she's married to one of the Cohen brothers, actually, but she was in a movie called Fargo back in 97, and that was a just a masterpiece, in my personal opinion. But she's been around. Um, she's been in so many funny movies. She's been in um, relatively serious ones as well. Um, but, no, shout-out to her. Uh, she played Linda Litsky, and the premise of this character is someone that wants to get a ass reduction, liposuction, and, a, and like breast implants. And, like, some face, um, like, cosmetic surgery as well. And she doesn't have enough money for that. So she finds Osborne Cox, played by Mal uh, ja John Malkovich, um, 
like a, a disc that you know he's John Malkovich's character. His he's like a government guy, and so he has memoirs on a disc. And Linda Litsky thinks that it's worth money. So, but yeah, no, she's just kind of a loner looking for love, trying to always like improve herself, even though she's a very you know kind of personable person. So that doesn't really matter, you know. And you know, it, you kind of she's an idiot. Trust me. Um, probably the dumbest person in this movie, character-wise. But <laughs> I just really enjoy <clears throat> her her duo with Brad Pitt in this movie, and it's it's really enjoyable, and it it it, it kind of elevates the movie in a sense. Like it it does add a chemistry, and no other actor or actress kind of has their chemistry, and and you'll see what I mean again. You have to watch these movies to kind of get the gist of the review, to kind of put yourself in the shoes and actually experience it and see for yourself for sure. But um, you can take my word for it. I, I love movies. I love film. So it's one of those things where I, you know, I can kind of uh, kind of vouch for myself, if you will. No, but shout out Francis McDormand for a really funny, fun performance. Um, and then John Malkovich play, playing Osborne Cox was just it was amazing. Uh, John Malkovich is one of the best actors of all time, in my personal opinion. Opinion, and he had a good duo slash chemistry with Tilda Swinton. Um, she played Katie Cox, his wife, and pretty much Katie Cox and George Clooney, his character Harry Pfeiffer. They're both having affairs with each other. Uh, they're both in marriages, and yeah. But but John Malkovich is an idiot. Um, borderline on the spectrum um i mean he has a low-level clearance job at the cia and then he gets fired because well he he quits because he was getting demoted again for his apparent drinking problem that was well known in the office and the opening scene just kind of shows you what that means but um no but he plays like a just a defeated dick very well alcoholic, funny as shit, because he just thinks he actually has done something valuable when he's just been kind of a cog in the machine, if you will, um, which I guess, you know, everyone out here and in the world is trying to break that, that mold in a sense, and he just never did, kind of laid over and, you know, let life fuck him in the ass, but shout out to John Malkovich for being a genuine fucking funny guy in this movie, just being a, just being a dick. You know, and you can appreciate that out of a character. Um, but moving forward here to Tilda Swinton, as I told you, Katie, uh, her character was Katie Cox, and she was Osborne Cox's wife in the film. And she was just, she played a very stern character, just a controlling freak that was doing wrong, but never actually took accountability for her actions. But she, she she's funny too. Like, she's asking the right questions, but just never actually realizes that she got even close to a right answer from anyone. And you'll know what I mean by that, because, I mean, she's having an affair with Harry Pfeiffer, and when you watch the movie and you see George Clooney, you'll get the gist of why I'm questioning her judgment, uh, her judgment skills. Um, but no, shout out to her. She had a really good performance. She was funny-ish. She wasn't really meant to be funny. She was kind of like a serious note. Uh, in the movie, but, like, she did have her moments of humor, uh, but, you know, she played that, that bitch pretty well, um, but Brad Pitt here, uh, this is my favorite, (laughs) favorite performance and favorite character of the movie, for sure, he played Chad Feldheimer, 
And uh, this guy is probably just retarded. I, I mean, I think I can just say that without hesitation. Um, I mean, he is oblivious. Always very positive for some reason. Very enthusiastic about cycling. Um, and again, him and Linda Litsky are like gym associates. Like they work at a gym and they find the tape and the disc and, and well, they don't actually find it. A janitor does. And just that scene alone is, it, make, it might make you lose brain cells, but it might make you laugh up a storm as well. But no, Brad Pitt plays uh, such a great idiot. Such, just a great, just town fool, if you will. And it's just so funny. You could tell he was having a great time with the performance, but the scene I'll talk to you about is just wait for when he actually breaks into someone's home and wait and is waiting in the closet. That's the only buildup I'm going to give. It, it is so fucking funny. I mean, and it's not supposed to be because it's fucked, but it, it, you're just going to be like, oh my God. But um, definitely shout out to Brad Pitt because throughout history, he's just been in like iconic movies. And if it's a small role... If it's a funny role, if it's a serious role, he just always kind of takes helm. And he just want more of his on-screen appearance, you know what I'm saying? But um, moving forward here to Richard Jenkins, plays a guy named Ted who's like the gym manager who's in love with Linda Litsky, but she, he never notices her. Well, she never notices him, excuse me. But uh, Richard Jenkins played the father and stepbrothers. He played the uh, a character, an elf. Um, he's been in. He's been in some funny shit for sure, and, and he's also been in some serious stuff. I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't. Uh, you know what? I can. I can pull up his bio real quick. He was in The Shape of Water, The Cabin in the Woods, both really good movies. He was also in Bone Tomahawk, which was really good. I'd love to do a review on that. Um, he was also in Let Me In and The Visitor. He's been in some good stuff. Uh, he was also in Kong Skull Island, obviously. Um, and then he was also in Jack Reacher, the first one. I remember that. Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. So he's worked with him previously. Um, and then he was also in Hall Pass. He was in... Uh, he was in, you know... He had some misses. He was in The, the Kingdom. Yeah... Not like the best career. He's been in some fucking misses, you know. Yo. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's... He's in Blaze. It's an oldie. But no, he's, he's had a solid stint in, in the 21st century. Um, but no, shout out to Richard Jenkins. He just plays kind of an idiot that's just... I don't even know how to describe his character, Ted, yo. Like, he's he's just... Uh, he's an anomaly, if you will. He, he just doesn't really equate to the, to the Matrix that we live in. He's an idiot. Like, I know I've said idiot a lot, and it probably has lost its value throughout this podcast episode here, but, I mean, genuine buffoon. I mean, this guy is just... You, you just kind of want to go up to him and... And just fucking sock him. Just to wake him up. But no, shout out to Richard Jenkins. I mean, spoiler alert. But he literally gets just axed in a street. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out. I'm going to go over these two guys real quick. Uh, Jeffrey DeMunn. 
who's the cosmetic surgeon. He's only in it briefly um, with Linda Litsky. But he was funny. Just how, like, robotic he was and shit. And how, like, his veneers were just popping. But uh, shout out to him. And then David Rache, or Raish, uh, plays a CIA officer. No name given. But he was, he's like the, he's like a tall blonde guy with a massive nose. Plays the opposite of the next person I'll get into really quickly. Um, but he was funny as shit. Just how, just how, like, robotic he was in a way like he was just like uh well sir uh it's just it it was fucking funny to me bro but another person that kind of stole the spotlight from me in this movie was jk simmons you know him from whiplash the state farm commercials uh if you ever seen the show oz shout out oz um but he he is like the cia superior uh like officer and just wait for the end of the movie. Please watch the entire movie. It That's what makes me die laughing is Loki the ending. Um, but really fun performance for him. He's like, well, you know what the fuck? What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? You know, like, what? Well, you know, this guy wants to get on a plane to Venezuela. Uh, why? Uh, well, sir, uh, there's no extradition in uh, Venezuela. Uh, what should we do? And he's like, well, put him on a fucking plane to Venezuela. And it's just funny shit, bro. Um, shout out to J.K. Simmons. One of my favorite actors, honestly, of all time. Um, but an actress I wanted to shout out here. Elizabeth Marvel plays Sandy uh, Far Favor. Uh, pretty much George Clooney's character's wife. Who's also having an affair with a guy in Seattle. Because she's like a children's book author. She's funny as shit, too, bro. I can't even lie to you. Um, but no, I mean, there's, there's some really good like just chemistry and humor and and just i guess wholesomeness in in a fucked up way i mean there's really fun vibes but there's also like you're like oh shit that's depressing as fuck but then there's a twist so like the, the, the props to the writing but also props to the just genuine visual visualization of the story I mean, like, there's no way you wouldn't be able to do this without the Cohen brothers because of how creative they are, especially with their cinematography. And just, again, bringing a story to life takes way more than just, you know, a camera. So them being able to write and produce and direct, it's just it's just amazing. And you just know it's going to be a good, well-produced, and overall quality film. And this is one of those comedies that is a smart, like, kind of you know kind of a kind of an edgy comedy if you will but not really edgy in the sense that you think i mean but like it's smarter kind of clever humor but then there's just you know it's just idiocracy you know chaos so and i, I know I, I used chaos in a previous review but this movie is like a comedic chaotic fuck fest not a literal fuck fest but genuine murders like stalking affairs potential retardation I, I mean it's it's got everything that you need um and again it has brad pitt and that's all i require honestly but this is a prime prime time for comedies in my personal opinion that 2006 to 2012 just i don't think there was anything like it and i don't think there will be ever anything eh, oh my god my words are fucking tied today but um, 
I don't think there's ever been anything like it before, and I don't think there will ever be anything like it again. Uh, because of how it was uncensored. It was real, it was raw, it was authentic, genuine. People didn't give a fuck. Um, and then we kind of lost our spines as a society, and now we get, you know, Daddy's Home 3 or whatever, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong, you know, some of the Will Ferrell movies and shit like that are, are funny nowadays, but, like, it, it's just, it's not the same recipe and it's not the same vibe, nor is it the same type of humor. And if you try and argue that, you are bullshitting yourself and uh, others around you, so please stop saying that. I mean, film has gotten terribly worse, and the first genre, in my personal opinion, to get worse was comedy, because it Comedy swings with the tides of society, and if freedom of speech is threatened, we're not going to get those great comedy movies, because America is kind of like the frontrunner of that, in, in, in a sense. Um, and I'm not talking great comedy movies like fucking Dodgeball or Starsky and Hutch, but, uh, you know, like Tropic Thunder, you know, Oscar-nominated films like that are just special, and those were in, in that specific time frame. Obviously, there was comedies back in the day that you know, took the cake, like my cousin Vinny and shit, but, I, I mean, you gotta just think about, you know, in in recent times, in the past 25 years, the time of really good comedy movies, when this movie, Burn After Reading, came out, was that section of the 2010s and early 2000s, was that late, you know, 2007, maybe late 2006 to 2012, 2013, I mean, I just think that there was a significant drop-off in film in general around 2015, 2016, but comedy especially around 2013, 2012. So I, I just, you know, just something to think about, and if you actually go back and watch the movies and think about the dates and release dates they were, you know, published in a sense, then you can kind of line it up with, you know, real-world events, and film reflects that. It's it's art. All art reflects is human emotion and, um, you know vision and and the ability to storytell with film is important and if you're relating things and referencing things in your story then it's gonna you know have similarities to to things going on in the real world if it does if it's not politics it could be you know problems in society or education or just stuff like that and you notice things you hear things you see little easter eggs like type shit dropped here and there in specific franchises specific production companies i mean it goes deep for sure but my rating for this film would probably be a 9.5 out of 10 it is incredibly funny well written well shot uh for a you know a, a, a city you know comedy where the, the cinematography isn't really what's supposed to carry the film but if it if it's good it ties the movie together and it's a nice little cherry on top but uh what really makes this movie is just the writing uh, everyone is so funny and and so serious like like they're serious but they're fucking funny like it's weird because they're just idiots like too many idiots got in one room and this happened it's called Burn After Reading for a reason, and you'll see what that actual reason entails when you watch the entire story unravel and unfold. But it's one of those movies where, like, genuinely, you know, pop open a, a box of snacks, have a drink or two with your lady or your homies, and just chill. I mean, it's it, you will laugh your ass off, I promise you. 
And uh, again, if you know me personally and you can reach out to me physically, and if you need to borrow this hard copy of, uh, of Burn After Reading, you're more than welcome to ask. But if you're out there in the, uh, you know, across the pond or, you know, in other states or, um, you know, in, in the motherland of Africa, you need to watch this movie. It's funny. It's If you're able to, I think it's like less than five bucks on Prime to rent. Um, it is a really, really worthy comedy, in my personal opinion. And I, again, I was talking about how comedy dropped off. And this was one of those highlights of, of this time frame. And it came out in 2008. Got a little overshadowed by, obviously, The Dark Knight and Tropic Thunder. A lot of those good movies came out around that time. So I just really think that everyone should, you know, if you're into film, you know, take a look at, you know, time. Time is incredibly important, especially with film, because if you can, you know, kind of track the film back to the date, not the specific date, but at least the year, you can be like, oh shit, this happened that year, you know, or, oh, this happened two years prior, so this was about that, you know, just the references, the symbolism, the metaphors are real in all film. Not all film, like, you know, you know, if you get fucking Transporter 3, you're not going to learn a life lesson, but, you know, you can at least kind of realize, oh, dude, explosions were probably really cool back then. Oh, that song was popping, because there's not just about, the, it's not just about the visuals, but the soundtrack. I mean, the the, the popular songs of the time were just a, a nice reminiscence of, of a, a certain time where, oh, this was, this was popping in the 2000s, so... Oh, it was in the it was in this movie. That's pretty cool. Well, this was definitely good. it could de- definitely like sound like it or just feel like it. Oh, this feels like a '90s movie. This feels like an '80s movie. This sounds like an '80s movie soundtrack. I mean, you get those vibes in like some of the Marvel movies today, like Thor Ragnarok. I felt like an '80 that felt like an '80s movie to to me because of the soundtrack, because of the the the, the bright like kind of over exaggerated CGI like neon colors and stuff like that. I liked that. Um, and I think this movie kind of cements itself, you know, with those comedy movies in the 2000s or in the 2010s. One of the better ones, in my opinion. It's it's definitely in my top 15, for sure, because of just Brad Pitt and George Clooney. There's just so many great performances in this film, um, and, and it really ties it all together with a cherry on top, like I was talking about, with genuinely the, the humor. I, I mean, it is funny. It's fucked up, and if you have, you know, like a genuine I guess fucked up sense of humor this is perfect for you but even if you kind of want to test the waters and you know see you know see a movie that you're you know you're gonna be like oh gosh what the hell you know check this out it's not a long runtime it's not a very long film in general and it's short sweet and it kind of leaves you wanting to know what really happened to these characters but I'm glad it leaves it where it is um, and, and I think anyone out there anywhere uh, would enjoy this film so definitely check out burn after reading and make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter at tea time reports um and and show us some support on there it's greatly appreciated and we really hope you guys enjoy the content we're pushing out here at tea time reports and we got plenty of stuff coming out and plenty of news to an, uh, plenty plenty of news to announce as well um some potential big interviews coming up as well sports related obviously and maybe to break into some other thresholds as well so you know, stay, stay, uh, stay with us. You know, keep supporting us, and all the day one people will, will, will appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, you know, the conversation of merchandise will be coming up here pretty soon as well. And if you guys, um, you know, have any ideas on that, definitely reach out to us. Give us some constructive criticism in general on the show, on the pod, on the, on the Insta, on the Twitter, uh, you know, on the YouTube future, uh, on the 
TikTok future, you know, stuff like that. Definitely get involved with us. And, you know, if you have any ideas to pitch in or if you want to contribute in any way, it's greatly appreciated. And we want to be involved with the community and be involved with anyone out there that's listening. So it's definitely greatly appreciated. And, you know, whenever and wherever you're listening to this, uh, this is Trevor signing off. Take care.